Capitalk 100.4 FM podcast. 100.4 FM. Harare's heartbeat. Straight talk, strictly business, nothing personal on Capitalk 100.4 FM. Today's straight talk, we take a look at the demolitions that have been happening all around uh, the city. Now, you know, like I know, that uh, demolitions are not a new thing. They've been happening, we've seen them happen for time and again. They've come in all uh, shapes and uh, names. They've been called this, they've been called that, and lately, they have no name, but they definitely have been happening. To help us have this conversation, to take a look at what uh, these demolitions mean, what the demolition law says, how the citizens are affected, we have two gentlemen in the studio with us. We've got Mr. James Mazimba, who is the Harare City Council and is the chief, acting chief development control officer. And of course, we've got our favorite, who's also a friend to the show, Mr. Ruben Akili, who's the acting director of the Combined Harare Residents Association. Gentlemen, welcome. Uh, and thank you for joining us this morning. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, so let's get straight into it. We are seeing a lot of demolitions happen. Now, before I put any anything or before I put uh, any questions towards it, what's been the state of the city when it comes to demolitions? Mr. Akili. Uh, thank you so much. Um, so um, I think uh, over time, we, we we have seen um, um, in terms of um, uh, demolitions, we, we have seen uh, the city uh, reacting to uh, the so-called uh, illegal structures or in some cases illegal structures uh, moving in and uh, de- demolishing houses. Um, I think the recent case, uh, all of us were away, were away in Old Tafara, near Tafara Primary School, where um, houses were, were demolished. I think it's one of the the latest uh, demolitions which which have occurred. So basically, from 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 a resident's perspective, we we have seen the city uh, kind of like responding. It might be to uh, the so lo- so-called illegal uh, structures, or in some cases, probably the structures built maybe probably uh, not complying to the standards of the city, or in some cases also there are contestations around uh, land and even uh, ownership of of those of those places. Mr. Majimba, uh, what do the demolitions laws say uh, concerning these demolitions? What what are the city demolition laws? Uh, thank you for that question. We have an array of uh, legal instruments which we use when we are uh, pursuing demolitions. Uh, in terms of the Urban Councils Act, Clause 18, Sub Clause 2, uh, it talks about demolitions on council land when one has uh, uh, built an illegal structure on council land the city council is supposed to uh, give him or her a 48 hour notice to remove the structure the illegal structure right failure of which uh, then council would move in and remove the the illegal structure but we also have the Regional Town and Country Planning Act in terms of Section 32, uh, 34, and 35. It talks about demolitions where uh, certain people or certain enterprises have built illegal structures on private land. Again, the process is prescribed. We must write to them to warn them that you have contravened uh, Section 24 of the Regional and Town and Country Planning Act. If they don't... Uh, 
then you take the remedial action as required by the council, then council can move in to remove such offending structures. Then lastly, we have the Zimbabwe's constitution in terms of se section 74 of the Zimbabwe's constitution, uh, where it says where one is using an illegal structure as a home, they are already staying there. They're using that as a home. Uh, the city local authorities must then obtain a court order to remove uh, that uh, uh, illegal structure. But let me underline the, 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 the word home. Uh, it specifically refers to a structure that is already being used for purposes of human habitation. There are children staying there, uh, there are families staying there then, but it does not connote to any other structure that is not being used as a home in terms of section 74 of the constitution of Zimbabwe. So those are largely the legal framework within which demolitions take place. So when these demolitions take place, a lot of the time you hear people um, up in arms saying, this guy's just showed up with a crane. They didn't even warn us that they were going to do this. Uh, how effective are the, who, who delivers the, the warnings delivers. and are they actually efficiently, is it efficiently executed? Uh, certainly, my my development control inspectors uh, does the delivery of the notices, right? Be it forty-eight hour notice, or we are pursuing demolitions in terms of section thirty-five of the regional town country planning. But but, but Mr. Majumba, forty-eight hours is not enough to give someone a warning to find a new place to stay, especially when you've underlined the word home. They were using this as a home. So what's the longest time frame you give this warning so that people can be ready to vacate the premise? Right. Remember, these are provisions of the law. Right. We are simply pursuing what the law says. But again, let me emphasize that where one is using a structure as a home, we don't issue 48-hour notice. Yes, we issue 48-hour notice, but after they fail to respond, we then have to, to obtain a court order where one is using a structure as a home. But where one is in the process of building a structure which is not yet completed, which is not yet being used for habitation, after 48 hours, if they fail to uh, take the necessary action, in terms of Clause 18, sub subsection 2 of the Urban Council Act, is actuated by statutory instrument one. 09 of 1979. If they fail to heed that uh, advice from council, that's when council can then move in and remove the offending structure. Uh, Mr. Majimba, let's step away from from the legal aspect for a second. Mm -hmm. And I know, obviously, that's what you have to protect. Mm -hmm. But let's talk about just from from a human level or from a practical level. Mm -hmm. uh, Obviously, 48 hours is not enough time for someone to find somewhere else to live. Is this something that we are fighting for from the inside to say, because you can't have laws that you put in place and you say, we send it out and we say 48 hours, but we usually give you longer than that. Because then that means that the initial law that we're dealing with here actually doesn't really matter or doesn't hold any weight. Are we fighting to get a better process going to ensure that people can be asked to vacate their primary homes for a lot of them in reasonable time and find other places to live? 
remember I need to keep emphasizing that uh, the structures that are removed uh, through 48 hour notice are structures that are not homes structures that are not being used as homes and I need to emphasize on that one where a structure is being used as a home we don't remove them in 48 hours because one we have to procure a court or a court order and yeah. that court order entails that the offender comes to court to defend their actions why they have built an illegal structure so in the case of uh, let's let's say in, in the case of uh, these demolitions or any other of the any of the other demolitions that we've seen happen in this city mm. are you saying that there was never a time where someone's home was demolished because they were because they had built their structure in the wrong place from as early as Murambachina to any other uh, demolition that's happened in the city they have been demolished after successfully completing the legal process um, we like the case in Mavuku in Tafara, which my colleague t uh, spoke about, if you go there, there was a systematic way of uh, of how the demolitions were taking place, where we oh, where we we realized on the ground that uh, the structure is already being used for habitation. That structure was spared because. We, go, we can't break the law. The law says where one is using a structure as a, a home, which is illegal, you have to procure a court order. And we are now in the process of procuring a court order to remove those structures that were left because they were human uh, beings staying there. Hmm. But those structures, which did not constitute a home, were duly removed in terms of that provision. Uh, the, the question is always, wh where was the council when when these people were starting to build? Because it's not just removing people from homes. It's also the investment that people have placed, their hard-earned money, especially in this environment where the economy is not that friendly. Yeah. Uh, it's also the investment uh, that was placed into. That's a, that's what people then think about more because you can, you can tell that people put money in there. So why is it the council only comes after but doesn't stop the actual building to actually happen. Thank you very much. I'm happy that question does not just uh, require the city council to take a proactive action. It requires everybody, civil society, uh, in terms of education. They got to educate uh, members, Harare residents. Uh, of course, city council must play a le leading role. Uh, media and everybody else. Uh, and the residents as well. I'm happy you spoke about investment. And I'm sure everyone who is investing, the first question they must ask themselves is, is there security of investment in what, in the kind of investment that they are pursuing? Because you can't just invest money for, without that assurance, without that surety. Where is the security of investment? And in this case, this is real estate development. You've got to have proof of ownership. You've got to have some kind of tenure uh, ownership, uh, clarity on those issues. I mean, you can't just be told by someone that I've given you a piece of land and you proceed and begin to develop. Where are you getting that uh, assurance in terms of the law? Why can't you go to city of Ferrari and say, 
I have obtained a piece of land. I want to develop that piece of land. What do the, your law says about this development? Because you want to secure your investment. You want to protect your investment. So it then is a cross-cutting question that must be answered by all of us. Of course, the city council must ensure that as soon as there are some developments that are taking place, they must move on, on site, uh, in particular my, my section. But I wanted to uh, admit here that sometimes it's not the case. Sometimes we get there too late, and there are a number of reasons. Of course, one of it is capacitation. Uh, the other thing is, of course, resources. Uh, what, what, would, what, what would really make uh, the council, uh, w when you say capacitation, what are we looking at? Is it vehicles? Is it manpower? Is it, what is it? Largely, it's vehicles, inspection vehicles, because then my inspectors must be moving around all the suburbs, checking on whatever development is taking place uh, for them then to... And what we have done now, because we realized we are incapacitated, we have then alerted the, the resident that if you see any development which is suspicious, and I, I know most of the residents have my phone, they phone me or one of any one of my development control inspectors, then we move on site. But let me also say at this juncture, let me also say at this juncture, what has happened of late is that sometimes we serve people with notices to say at the infants, whilst they are still developing whilst they are still at the trenches. We serve them with notices asking them to stop and remove the, the illegal structure. And this has happened oftenly. They then go to uh, the civil societies, some of the civil societies. Uh, they are human rights, lawyers for human rights. They go to court. They say, ah, no, we, why, why is council wanting to remove us from this piece of land? They are aware they are doing an illegal activity, but they think the court will give them a reprieve. We go to court, we argue our way, and they lose the case, obviously, because uh, there is no court that is going to sanction illegality. There is no court, court that is going to sanitize illegal developments. They lose the case. And whilst we are at court, whilst we are in court, you know, the court process takes long. It can take a month, two months. But whilst we are pursuing the court process, which they have initiated, they are busy building. They are busy building. A double story even. Double story even. <laughs> uh, uh, because they think in terms of Section 74, once I complete this house, it's now a home. It's now a home. Mm -hmm. And I'm putting the council in a tight corner. They can't just come with their bulldozer and demolish it. These are scenarios that we are being confronted with on a weekly and daily basis. Now, if you just joined us, well, taking a look at demolitions. Now, in studio, we've got Mr. James Majimba, who is Arrest City Council, uh, who's from Arrest City Council, who's the acting chief development control officer, and of course, Mr. Ruben Akili, who's the acting director of Combined Harare Residents Association. Now, Mr. Akili, uh, how have these demolitions affected the residents? Uh, um, thank you. I think before I... <laughs> I go into the, that question. I think I probably I might want to respond uh, because we are part of the civil society which, which, he, which he is mentioning. I think what is very, very important to understand in this context, number one, um, it is very, very important to understand that, um, in fact, that was going to be my presentation this morning, um, failure to adhere to constitutionalism. Mm. 
I think this is one of the major challenges we have, not only as a city or as a local authority, but probably as a whole. Because when you look at the Constitution itself, uh, if you read um, Section 2, uh, it says that anything that is inconsistent eh, with the provisions of the Constitution or any practice is now in void to the, and to the extent of its inconsistency. That's number one, isn't it? So, when you look at that, you've got some provisions which calls for openness, eh? transparency. Eh? So, we're not talking about demolitions in this case, right? We are saying that uh, when they are affected, number one, they, they need to be transparent, number one. But also, you look at Section 62 of the Constitution, which speaks to the right to administrative justice. I think Mr. Um, uh, um, uh, he, he tried to highlight it uh, with the 48-hour notice. But when you look at the 48-hour notice, it, is it sufficient eh, to protect the right to administrative justice? You know, the 48-hour notice. Eh? When you look even in some of the provisions which, we, which, 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 which he was men mentioning, to say probably they will not go there, and then he, because of lack of incapacitation, as he was highlighting, right? And then he, th such letters are not saved, the building is constructed, and probably a demolition come. Mm. Okay? So to, 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 to a resident, eh, a, a human right has been violated, whether they are incapacitated or not. You see where I'm coming from. Yeah. I think we need also to, to take to, to, to take note of that. So that at the end of the day, we, 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 we don't seem to be running battles with the local authority. But also on the other end, um, we also um, we as 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 a, a resident association, uh, when we have um, worked with um, with communities, I think one of the the challenges we we, 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 we have faced uh, is also the issue around um, 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 like when you talked about the section seventy four. Right, section seventy-four, which then speaks to the uh, right to have a court order. I want to speak on the court order. To us, a court order is very, very important. You know the reason why. I think I talked about it on this radio last time to say when we have a court order, it will then unravel eh, corrupt practices. Eh? Because some of these people they don't just go there. Some of the people they are also. Uh, it's more of like a system. We, we have seen people uh, 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 invading land, regularized, because the same regional town planning act which, which Mr. Mazumba is talking about, it is a provision for regularizing. Yeah. So when people, when we invade, for example, and then we, we then uh, 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 start to push forward for regularization, and then in the process, those who would have connected with the people probably, some of them in the council, and some of them land barons, whatever, and then they benefit in the process. So I think we need to understand that so that at the end of the day, uh, we, we need to balance this conversation because uh, some people, I, I, I've seen people um, invading land, some court order is not, is not obtained and then at the end of the day, um, the, the land is what is regularized and then they stay. Right? So this then gives you and I an opportunity to say, when you are regularized, eh, us also, is, we can also be what? regularized yeah. we go and invade because, yeah. because there's that provision so that provision i think it's in section 47 27 47 of the region it's open to abuse and manipulation especially those who have got uh, who are internal in the city of Arab because they know even some open spaces which are open to build houses and then uh, the invaders will then come yeah. and then uh, when they they come and then uh, it said, okay, it was it, that land was meant for, oh, for housing. Yeah. Let it be regularized. But in the process, there are underhand dealings 
that happen. So I think we need to understand that. But also yeah. answering to your question now to say, um, how has been the recent affected? You talked about investment. People have lost investments uh, in the process. Um, you know, this is the rain season. Uh, some people are also are now they are now living in the cold. Yeah. Um, um, I, I, I know Mr. Masrimba, it's true. They left, I think, about three or four houses in Tafara. We monitor, yeah. um, which were built completely. They were not, they were not demolished. But yeah. those who were, because we also were monitoring that, that situation. But also some of the people, because their shakes, you know, um, were kind of like covered with plastics and whatever, whatever. Maybe probably in their, the municipal police or those who are effecting the demolitions, right? Mm. When they see probably that's it, it might not be. So what he can say home to, according to him, and one again say a home, it might be differ. So at the end of the day, some people also end up being affected in the process. Absolutely. Uh, I'm going to let Mr. Majimba respond yes, yes. Uh, because I think that's what's important here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and in addition to, you, to your response, maybe you could also just uh, address whether there have been any cases that have then been stopped because of uh, due process. Has there, has there, have there been times where they've said, you know what, no, you can't demolish this house because uh, it had completion or it was a primary residence or any so, such thing? Um, unfortunately, I don't have an example of that case uh, where we have uh, been stopped to proceed with demolition for one reason or the other. But uh, like you said, I need to respond to these critical issues that my brother has just raised. Uh, one of it connotes to human rights of those invaders, uh, those transgressors. But let's, let's, let's look at it. <laughs> from two viewpoints. Huh? This one, one who has broken the law, they have their rights. Yep. There is a law-abiding citizen who has been adversely affected by the one who is breaking the law. So we're not just looking on the side of the aggressor. We're also looking on the side of those that have been affected by the aggressor's actions. Uh, when they come to us and complain, we got to strike a balance in terms of the law. Uh, it's not just a question of one then saying, I can break the law and, and seek recourse somewhere, somewhere. We got to consider the rights of those uh, law-abiding citizens. It's a fundamental fact. Uh, whilst I appreciate the fact that these people have got their rights, I agree, I take that. But let's look at it from both ends. Then, of course, he raised a very important uh, aspect or provision that is in the Regional and Country Planning Act, which is regularization in terms of Section 27. Indeed, there is such a provision. But such provision is not there to be abused. People can then not move on the middle of the street, uh, if I can give it the worst case a scenario example and say because I have already settled on the middle of the street come and regularize me people cannot settle in a wetland and say because I'm already there please come and regularize me people cannot settle on social designated sites schools clinics and say I have a right to uh, shelter 
please come and regularize me. That's not going to happen. Mr. Majimba, I'm sure Mr. Akili, when he mentioned that point, he was also leading to the point that it's open for manipulation, one. And also, number two, which was a, a fair point uh, when, when he then put it across, was that there's a lot of corruption also happening at council because they've got uh, all the records to a lot of these sites. That then there are a lot of underhand dealings where there's a lot of corruption floating over there because the people who have that information are people at the council. And they're the people who are then uh, involved in a lot of underhand dealings to make sure that people move into such areas, they sell off that land, then it's regularized later. So that is the manipulation I'm sure he was alluding to. Agreed. Uh, corruption is a cancer that is not just affecting city council. It's a national problem uh, and we, we, we can't we can't we can't uh, deny that that uh, there is these uh, malpractices in the city. Uh, but let me also say, it takes two to tango. Yeah. Huh? It's not just a city council official doing these uh, uh, activities. Somebody is inducing them. And if we want to fight corruption, if we are serious about dealing with the issue of corruption, let's deal with the two sides. The demand and the supply side. They are both perpetuating corruption. No one should condone it. City Council does not condone it. And certainly we have cases that are pending before the courts that relates to corruption. That shows us that City Council of Harare does not condone corruption. Uh, but like everybody can admit, dealing with corruption is not a walk in the park. It is something that is not happening in public. It, it is, however, a walk in the concrete jungle. The economics of corruption. <laughs> if you just joined us, we're taking a look at the demolitions that have been happening all across the city. We're opening our phone lines now. one zero seven one nine one zero zero four zero four, or zero double seven two two six nine two four one, or zero double seven two two six nine. Double two nine. Drop us a call and let us know if you want to weigh in on any of the uh, and any of the points that the gentlemen in the studio are making. I'm about to give them one last round for them to make uh, their final points before they give their final remarks. Mr. Akilo, over to you. Uh, uh, thank you so much. Um, from from a recent perspective, uh, we we have always I think we we have worked with council in some different platforms. Uh, also. Um, in we have been uh, developing an anti-corruption policy. I think we are talking about the, the corruption issue. Mm -hmm. uh, in as much as we, 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 we also don't condone, condone corruption. Mm -hmm. But also, let me also say that there are some situations, you know, so when you create a, a bureaucratic bottlenecks in terms of access to many things, it yeah. creates room for corruption. And that is very, very fundamental and important. So we, we are calling for uh, 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 some of these bureaucratic bottlenecks to be cracked because those are some of the issues. I talk of the housing wait links for, 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 for cancer, for example. Yes, but uh, if you can just list some of those bureau, bureaucratic processes or bureaucratic practices that would that we definitely that needs to be cracked so that we know which ones they are. Yeah, so I was, I, I, what I wanted to say the housing waiting list, for an example. Uh, you are on the hard housing wait. In fact, I got on wise housing waiting list when I was in 1996 when I worked for Rufaro Marketing. Uh, that time, uh, I'm, uh, also, I'm also on that list. Yeah, yeah. So, 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 so you could. I, I might be on number two million. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So when you look at that, when you when you failed then to 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 have access, eh? So you 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 you, you deliberately play and all those other things, eh? And 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 again, you 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 are not accorded a chance to get what to get a, 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 um, 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 access to the land or access to housing, 
this then also because the, the people who are creating that also know that they will arm twist you eh, to coerce you to pay bribes. So it's very, very important. But on the other end... No, no Mr. Akili, before you move on from that, I'm, I'm just going to let Mr. Majimba answer this one concerning uh, the, the way, list, the, yeah. the housing list. Uh, what, what's happening with the council? Because people really complain about this. Admitted, I think there are issues there, but apparently it falls under the housing department. I may not be the right person to uh, competently and adequately respond to that. But suffice to say, indeed, the housing waiting list needs to be animated. Uh, that's an issue I think the department is working on. Mr. Majimba, is there's anything I've learned is that you're probably a really great husband. You admit to everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So 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 the, the issue of the housing whittling is very, very important. Like I think you, you, you hear the mayor last time talking that there is no ERP, the enterprise resource platform yeah. for the local authority. So that enterprise resource platform, eh, you've got your name. So it collapsed, the, I think, about three years ago. So meaning your name is no longer there. Eh? You see where I'm coming from? So, 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 so these are the issues which we are talking about. So the issues around the way, what we are talking about, they've got what? Foundations, which causes all what we are, we are looking at. The, 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 what we are seeing is symptoms. You know, the root cause of the problems which must be dealt with are the, a, a clear, uh, open housing waiting list. It's very, very important. As long as things are opaque in this manner, we, we are not going anyway. And also let me highlight to you uh, before you know, my, my closing probably uh, words. If you go to Warren Park... Uh, no, 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 Mr. Akili, before you close, uh, we just want uh, Mr. Majimba to just answer to a few of the things that you brought to the fold. Then maybe you have your closing remarks. Uh, Mr. Majimba, if you can just respond to some of those. Yeah, yeah, you, you, you see... Uh, let me answer to some of those issues in this way. Harare has outgrown uh, the size of population that is currently having in terms of these social services. Mm. Remember when Harare was planned in the colonial era with a certain magnitude of population that they anticipated. But we've since grown beyond that. Yeah. And because of that, these challenges are inevitable. And, and given the fact that Harare in Zimbabwe, we have the primary city uh, model of uh, urban development, you will realize that most people then um, would not want to be in Mutare or in Blawai, but they all want to come to Harare. And that is also uh, creating or increasing the problems that we are talking about here. Uh, besides the population and natural population growth. Yeah. So these issues are really fundamental. These issues are really uh, critical. Uh, and, and of course, other uh, cities or other nations have tried to address these issues by spreading out development. Uh, I'm happy there is devolution now in our, in our nation. This is an attempt to decentralize yeah. uh, uh, resources to decentralize uh, these opportunities to various areas. But yes, these are issues which we cannot run away from. These yeah. are real issues. We are meeting them on a daily basis. Huh? Yeah. How many foreigners do we have for example now? Possibly three times the size of foreigners we had in 1980. Why? Because Harare is very attractive to everyone. Everyone yeah. is attracted to Harare. They want to come to Harare.
we we if, if someone was to ask me about what the conversation I had today would be, I'd say I heard some very decent points on both sides of this conversation. However, there is still a problem. There's no question about the fact that people are still, you know, being moved out. Whether it's because they're building where they're not supposed to be building or because city of Harare is being unreasonable, there's an issue there. Yeah. And at some point, we need to start moving this conversation towards how can we make sure that these problems don't exist anymore. Okay. And again, we're going to give you another round of closing remarks uh, in in a minute or, or less, uh, what do you think are the practical steps that we need to be taking to ensure that this becomes an issue that we don't talk about in 2025 or 2028? Uh, uh, thank you so much. Uh, from from our view as a resident association, we, we believe that uh, alignment of uh, the Urban Councils Act and the Regional Town Planning Act uh, with the Constitution can go a long way in ensuring that uh, some of these things uh, won't happen. Because, because what, the manipulation uh, issues and also even following the the law because this one they will say we are using this law and people go to the courts and etc etc so there is that need to ensure that uh, the our laws are aligned to to the constitution that's that, that that's number one and then uh, number two I, I think one of the uh, issue uh, which people don't want to talk about which I've uh, we have done researches in Mbari researches were done in other areas it is the issue of politics partisan politics uh, in because when you look at uh, Housing has been used for political mobilization, you know, for, for, for a long time and, and vending. So you can actually see the trends around vending, the invasions at ETC, ETC, all in, across all those, those, those. Because the politician then cripples these, their, these, these men. These men, when they got instructions... Oh, they're already incapacitated. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so so, 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 so oh, the bureaucrats... The bureaucrats, let, let, let me highlight to you, the bureaucrats at some points in time, they cannot act because of these uh, politicians involved, you know, in, in, in some of the on, in this, some of the issues. And some of the bureaucrats become also Trojan horses for, for the politicians. Uh, Mr. Kelly, you only have 30 seconds left. <laughs> okay, I'm finishing. So, 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 so it's very, very important. Even the, the other bureaucrats become Trojan horses of, of those politicians and even doing the things which are illegal. So it's very, very important that we need to, our, our workers... A constitution again, section 266 speaks to say, you know, workers must yeah, go read it. That was Mr. <laughs> Akili. <laughs> uh, Mr. Mazumba, you only have one minute. You are fast running out of time. We need to uh, conclude. Thank you. Let's accept that our biggest challenge is land or space balance. We are thriving on gullibility of uh, innocent people uh, and desperate people. Let's address that. Let's deal with that. Secondly, there has to be a consensus. We have to work together and say, what kind of a city do we want? Do we want a world-class city? How do we get that world-class city? Are we going to have a world-class city with the level of illegalities that are taking place? Is that the best way to achieve a world-class city? What kind of a city? We all aspire. We all desire to have the best city. But what what is it that, what kind of a resident must we have in order for us to achieve a world-class city? What kind of planners? What kind of bureaucrats? These are very fundamental issues that we must begin to uh, interrogate and say, this is what we want. How do we get to where we want? Then, uh, of course, I want to say in concluding, we have realized that there are a lot of pseudo-planners that are carrying out activities of professional planners when they are not planners. And as a result, they are misleading these residents.
They come up with a piece of paper, draw lines and say, we have created stands here. And, and, and as a result, we need now to say, let the planning profession be registered so that we are able to uh, prosecute. We are able to weed out these pseudo planners. We are able even to uh, ask the genuine planner, the professional planner, to account for their action. To say, why did you do this when you are supposed to do things this way? Mr. Majimba, your work is cut out for you. You know exactly what to do when you get to the office today. Put all these things in effect. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> look, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we're taking a look at the demolitions. Now, helping me uh, have this conversation are two gentlemen. They are all participating in a movie called Harare because they are both actors. <laughs> Mr. James Majimba, <laughs> who is the acting chief development <laughs> control officer of the, from the Harare City Council. And of course, Mr. Ruben Akil, who is also the acting director of, for Harare Combined <laughs> Residents <laughs> Association. Gentlemen, I wish you well in this movie you are acting. <laughs> <laughs> <We're> <laughs>